0: Narrated by Helen Duff Chapter One He showed up two days after Christmas. Gethsemane Brown awoke to the crunch of tyres pulling into the gravel drive of Carrick Fair Cottage, home for the past few months. She'd moved into the whitewashed thatch roof house perched near the base of Carrick Point Lighthouse, After a job loss and a theft, stranded her in Dunmallock, a cliffside village in south-western Ireland. She found a new job as music director at the local boys' school, which was closed for the Christmas holidays. Which was why she was still in bed at... She reached for the clock on her bedside table. 7.30 in the morning. A night owl since childhood, she'd chosen a career, concert musician that allowed her to stay up late and sleep in. However, in the three months since she'd been in Ireland, solving murders and preparing a school orchestra for an important competition had robbed her of the chance to sleep late. She threw back the covers and got up, shivering as her bare feet hit the cold floor. She reached the cottage's entrance hall by the time her unexpected visitor knocked. No one she knew from the village would trek up to Carrick Point to make a wake-up call. She grabbed the shillelagh her students had given her as a Christmas present. Who is it? She asked through the heavy wooden door. Hank Wine, came the reply, in an American-accented voice like hers. Not just like hers. Her Virginia drawl rang far more melodious than the flat tones of the man's Midwestern English. Although her loathing for the speaker may have biased her. He'd been after Carrick Fair Cottage since before their first meeting several weeks ago. It's early, she said to the hotel developer. What do you want? I want to come in. Bella didn't think you'd mind. She hadn't spoken to Billy McCarthy, the cottage's owner and her landlord, since he brought Hank around to look at the cottage. He'd gone off on another business trip right after. Billy hadn't come right out and admitted it during the visit, but the men's talk made it clear he planned to sell Carrick Fair to Hank, who'd convert this quaint, postcard-perfect, 200-year-old cottage into one of his tacky tourist monstrosities and destroy the cultural and historical character of the area. Gethsemane knew his track record. She'd even stayed in a few of his horrid pink motels while on tour with the Cleveland Symphony. That had been four orchestras before she landed in Dunmullock. A lifetime ago. Billy didn't say anything to me. She put down the heavy walking stick and tugged at her pyjamas. I'm not really dressed for a company. Miss Brown. A note of irritation crept into the practiced, business-like tone. My assistant and I have a flight to catch this afternoon, and this is the only convenient time for us to do a walkthrough. I can get McCarthy on the phone so you can discuss it with him, but it would streamline the process if you just let us in now. This will only take a few moments, then we'll be out of your way. He spoke like a man used to getting what he wanted. Gethsemane eyed the shillelagh. Would it be worth spending life in an Irish prison to really get him out of her way? More knocking. Miss Brown? Why prolong it? She opened the door wide enough to see onto the porch. Hank stood closest to her, bundled in the familiar grey cashmere overcoat and scarf, silver pompadour with every hair in place, unchanged from his last visit. A woman in a leather car coat huddled behind him. Her tight bun pulled veins into high relief on her temples. She wore a fake tan that failed to hide the underlying paleness of her skin. She muttered about the deficiencies of gravel driveways as she stood on one foot, the other leg flexed at the knee and examined a stiletto-heeled boot. Hank stepped forward. Gethsemane stepped back to avoid a collision and open the door wide enough for Hank and his assistant to come in.